Hi, this is Puritans Read, where we read aloud great Puritan works, authors, and biographies. We are on episode 8 of The Rare Jewel of Christian Contentment by Jeremiah Burroughs. Roman numeral 2. A Christian comes to contentment not so much by way of addition as by way of subtraction. That is his way of contentment, and it is a way that the world has no skill in. I open it thus, not so much by adding to what he would have or to what he has, not by adding more to his condition, but rather by subtracting from his desires, so as to make his desires and his circumstances even and equal. A carnal heart knows no way to be contented but this. I have such and such possessions, and if I had this added to them, and the other comfort added that I have not now, then I should be contented. Perhaps I have lost my possessions. If I could only have given to me something to make up my loss, then I should be a contented man. But contentment does not come in that way. It does not come, I say, by adding to what you want, but by subtracting from your desires. It is all one to a Christian. Whether I get up to what I would have or get my desires down to what I have, either to attain what I do desire or to bring down my desires to what I have already attained. My wealth is the same, for it is as fitting for me to bring my desire down to my circumstances as it is to raise up my circumstances to my desire. Now I say that a heart that has no grace and is not instructed in this mystery of contentment knows of no way to get contentment, but to have his possessions raised up to his desires. But the Christian has another way to contentment. That is, he can bring his desires down to his possessions, and so he attains his contentment. Thus the Lord fashions the hearts of the children of men. If the heart of a man is fashioned to his circumstances, he may have as much contentment as if his circumstances were fashioned to his heart. Some men have a mighty large heart, but they have straightened circumstances, and they can never have contentment when their hearts are big and their circumstances are little. But though a man cannot bring his circumstances to be as great as his heart, Yet, if he can bring his heart to be as little as his circumstances, to make them even, this is the way to contentment. The world is infinitely deceived in thinking that contentment lies in having more than we already have. Here lies the bottom and root of all contentment. When there is an evenness and proportion between our hearts and our circumstances. That is why many godly men who are in a low position live more sweet and comfortable lives 
than those who are richer. Contentment is not always clothed with silk and purple and velvets, but it is sometimes in a homespun suit, in mean circumstances, as well as in higher. Many men who once have had great estates and God has brought them into a lower position have had more contentment in those circumstances than they had before. Now, how can that possibly be? Quite easily, if you only understood that the root of contentment consists in the suitableness and proportion of a man's spirit to his possessions, and evenness where one end is not longer and bigger than the other. The heart is contented, and there is comfort in those circumstances. But now, let God give a man riches, no matter how great. Yet, if the Lord gives him up to the pride of his heart, he will never be contented. On the other hand, let God bring anyone into mean circumstances, and then let God but fashion and suit his heart to those circumstances, and he will be content. It is the same in walking. Suppose a man had a very long leg and his other leg was short. Why, though one of his legs was longer than usual, still he could not go as well as a man both of whose legs are shorter than his. I would compare a long leg when one is longer than the other to a man who has a high position and is very rich and a great man in the world, but he has a very proud heart too, and that is longer and larger than his position. This man cannot but be troubled in his circumstances. Another man is in a mean position. His circumstances are low, and his heart is low too, so that his heart and his circumstances are even. This man walks with abundantly more ease than the other. Thus, a gracious heart thinks in this way. The Lord has been pleased to bring down my circumstances. Now, if the Lord brings down my heart and makes it equal to my circumstances, then I am well enough. So, when God brings down his circumstances, he does not so much labor to raise up his circumstances again as to bring his heart down to his circumstances. Even the heathen philosophers had a little glimpse of this. They could say that the best riches is poverty of desires. Those are the words of a heathen. That is, if a man or woman have their desires cut short and have no large desires, that man or woman is rich. So, this is the art of contentment, not to seek to add to our circumstances, but to subtract from our desires. Another author has said, The way to be rich is not by increasing wealth, but by diminishing our desires. Certainly that man or woman is rich who have their desires satisfied. Now a contented man has his desires satisfied. God satisfies them. That is, all considered, he is satisfied that his circumstances are, for the present, the best circumstances. So he comes to this contentment by way of subtraction and not addition. Roman numeral three, a Christian comes to contentment 
not so much by getting rid of the burden that is on him as by adding another burden to himself. This is a way that flesh and blood has little skill in, you will say. How is this? In this manner, are you afflicted? And is there a great load and burden on you because of your affliction? You think there is no way in the world to get contentment, but oh, that this burden were but off. Oh, it is a heavy load, and few know what a burden I have. What? Do you think that there is no way for the contentment of your spirit but to get rid of your burden? Oh, you are deceived. The way of contentment is to add another burden, that is, to labor, to load, and burden your heart with your sin. The heavier the burden of your sin is to your heart, the lighter will the burden of your affliction be to your heart, and so you shall come to be content. If your burden were lightened, that would content you. You think there is no way to lighten it but to get it off, but you are deceived. For if you can get your heart to be more burdened with your sin, you will be less burdened with your afflictions. You will say, this is a strange way for a man or woman to get ease to their condition, to lay a greater burden upon them when they are already burdened. You think there is no other way when you are afflicted but to be jolly and merry and get into company. Oh, no, you are deceived. Your burden will come again. Alas, this is a poor way to get one's spirit quieted. Poor man, the burden will be upon him again. If you would have your burden light, get alone and examine your heart for your sin and charge your soul with your sin. If your burden is in your possessions for the abuse of them, or if it is a burden upon your body for the abuse of your health and strength and the abuse of any mercies that now the Lord has taken away from you, that you have not honored God with those mercies that you have had, but you have walked wantonly and carelessly. If you so fall to bemoaning your sin before the Lord, you shall quickly find the burden of your affliction to be lighter than it was before. Do but try this piece of skill and art to get your souls contented with any low circumstances that God puts you into. Many times in a family, when any affliction befalls them, oh, what an amount of discontent is there between man and wife. If they are crossed in their possessions at land or have bad news from across the seas, or of those whom they trusted are ruined and the like, or perhaps something in the family causes strife between man and wife in reference to the children or servants, and there is nothing but quarreling and discontent among them. Now they are many times burdened with their own discontent, and perhaps will say one to another, it is very uncomfortable for us to live so discontented as we do, but have you ever tried this way, husband and wife? Have you ever got alone and said, Come, oh, let us go and humble our souls before God together. 
Let us go into our chamber and humble our souls before God for our sin by which we have abused those mercies that God has taken away from us, and we have provoked God against us. Oh, let us charge ourselves with our sin and be humbled before the Lord together. Have you tried such a way as this? Oh, you would find that the cloud would be taken away and the sun would shine in upon you and you would have a great deal more contentment than ever you had. If a man's estate is broken, either by plunderers or any other way, how shall this man have contentment? How? By the breaking of his heart. God has broken your estate. Oh, seek to him for the breaking of your heart. Likewise. Indeed, a broken estate and a whole heart, a hard heart, will not join together. There will be no contentment. But a broken estate and a broken heart will so suit one another as that there will be more contentment than there was before. Add, therefore, to the breaking of your estate, the breaking of your heart, and that is the way to be contented in a Christian matter, which is the third mystery in Christian contentment. This concludes Episode 8 of The Rare Jewel of Christian Contentment by Jeremiah Burroughs.